This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments, hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe, and brought to you by 105.9 The Region. As per usual, I wanted to remind you folks, before we get into today's topic, did you know that Discovery, the wonderful show that hosts this podcast, as well as the podcast within Discovery, i.e. Mental Health Moments, the new music podcast, which you'll hear in about 15 minutes, and Millennial Balance, some of our wonderful clients, can all be found on all the major podcast platforms? It's true. If you're looking to get your podcast, Phil, on any of the platforms, you can search Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on Amazon. It will be found. You can search it on Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible even. You can find it on all major podcast platforms. It's true. Check it out. In previous episodes, you've heard me discuss the likes of bipolar disorder and depression. Admittedly, I don't suffer with those challenges, at least never in a way that I've been diagnosed with it or had a medical professional tell me that, you know, you have this thing. But this week, I'm going to be diving into a challenge that I deal with on a daily basis, again, bearing in mind that I have never received a medical diagnosis. It is the proverbial elephant in the room, anxiety. In today's show, we'll go over my interpretation of how it feels, the literal definition, and I'll highlight some of my coping skills in contrast with what the wonderful World Wide Web suggests. And I'll close with a positive that can be found within anxiety. Now, I make no secret about the fact that there are several mental health challenges that I personally face on a regular basis, whether that be a notably low feeling of self-worth, the need for validation, and a propensity for rage and upset as a reactionary response to most things. But the biggest one, the one that seems to carry the most weight in my life, and the thing that carries the most weight over me, is anxiety. I'll be giving you the literal definition of anxiety shortly, but I wanted to start by describing what it feels like to me. In the very first episode of this podcast, I described a feeling of weight on my chest, and that rings true to this day. But going beyond that, digging deeper than that, when I'm battling anxiety attacks, there is also an unending feeling of uncomfortability paired with a sense of dread as well as whataboutisms running rampant, all depending on the driving force of my anxiety, whether that be work personal interactions, and so on and so forth, whatever it is, it kind of varies between those different, quote, symptoms. Now, obviously, I can't speak for the masses, but oftentimes when I'm dealing with anxiety, the most logical part of my brain will be screaming that everything is fine, that there's nothing to be anxious about. But still, there it is, as if my brain refuses to accept that that feeling is not needed, as if my brain is saying, no, no, we need to be on edge for whatever reason. I don't recall having anxiety as a kid, but I was a worrier for sure. Anxiety is something that I feel now as an adult, and it feels like the, the fight-or-flight response in my brain is perpetually triggered even when there's nothing to fight or flight from. I know that's bad English, but you get what I'm trying to say. Which brings me to the literal definition of anxiety. For what it's worth, I scoured the internet to find this definition. Well, not really scoured so much as Googled anxiety definition, but regardless, dictionary.com defines anxiety as distress or uneasiness of the mind caused by fear of danger or misfortune. I wanted to pause here and say that context is key. The definitions that were provided by dictionary.com just prove that. Case in point, the second definition that they have listed says an earnest or tense desire, which by itself does not equate to a mental health struggle, but rather a want for something as opposed to the previous definition of distress. Very different definitions for the same word. 
Before I move on, I wanted to reiterate that contextually speaking, one can feel anxious without having, quote, anxiety. Susan in HR can be anxious about whether or not she's getting that promotion, and that is drastically different than Craig, who fails a group project simply because his anxiety keeps him from speaking in crowds and he just can't bring himself to do it because of anxiety. Bearing in mind that a lot of what I just said was me intertwining my opinion on top of the definitions of anxiety, I wanted to note before I moved on to the next segment here that the National Institute of Mental Health, an organization out of the United States, says, and I quote, it is not the same as occasionally worrying about things or experiencing anxiety due to stressful life events. The NIMH is an American organization, like I said just a moment ago, and they say that generalized anxiety disorder has a handful of symptoms, including feeling restless, wound up, or on edge, which, as I noted above, that's something that I experience pretty regularly. Uh, Another symptom that they discuss is being easily fatigued, having difficulty concentrating, being irritable, and one that jumps out at me and kind of surprised me, but again, I'm not a scientist, so I don't understand these things the way the much smarter people do. Anxiety can manifest itself in headaches, which kind of makes sense, but also muscle aches, stomach aches, and or unexplained pains, which is just mind-boggling that the brain is so powerful that you could be experiencing anxiety and it will manifest through unexplainable pain. It's pretty crazy, but moving right along, they also say that some of the symptoms can be difficulty controlling feelings of worry, having sleeping problems such as difficulty falling or staying asleep. Well, I have a lot of lived experience. I do not claim to be an expert. With that in mind, please remember that I'm speaking to you from the heart and explaining what has worked for me in practice for myself. I am never going to say that what I'm suggesting, that what I'm putting out here is law and that it will in fact work. To this day, it is my belief that in the same way that every human is different and unique, so too are our mental health challenges and the things that work for them, and by proxy, the coping skills that work for me may not work for you, and so on and so forth. With that said, here are some of the coping skills that I've used in the past that I've found have lessened the severity or intensity of my own anxiety, and perhaps it could work for you, or at the very least, think about it and give it a try if you want. If not, it's all good. I'm just here for information. The first is to acknowledge it, which seems kind of broad and and kind of vague. But what I mean is, while I'm having anxiety attacks, it feels all-encompassing. Like there is no relief to be found, there's no end in sight, that my life is now just an anxious mess. But once I acknowledge it, once I dedicate some brain power to seeing that it exists, acknowledging that it exists... It feels less all-encompassing, especially when I I remind myself, no, Phil, this is not all-encompassing. This is just a thing, and it will pass. Uh, Once I begin to acknowledge it, the severity seems to lessen. Like, I've almost reminded my brain that although there is this cloud present, it's not going to be raining on my parade, to use a very labored metaphor. The next thing that works for me is to distract myself. More often than not, with the help of others, if I'm having an anxiety attack, I will simply text someone that I love and say, hey, I'm having anxiety. Can you tell me about your day? Can you tell me about the latest video game you're playing? Or whatever it might be, or just something that allows me to focus my mind externally. And that seems to work. Probably because I'm no longer caught in the cycle of being anxious. Oh God, why am I anxious? There's nothing to be anxious about. Oh God, there's no reason to be anxious. That's making me even more anxious. And that cycle continues until I do something about it. 
going back to the initial suggestion of distracting myself, I think for that brief period that I'm listening to others that I'm looking externally instead of internally, it seems to ease my brain and almost distract it from the feeling of anxiousness, and it makes it a little bit easier to pivot away from that uneasy feeling. Last on the patented Phil Coping Skills list, which patent is still pending, is to remind myself that this too shall pass. And it sounds kind of cheesy, but also breathe. It's, it's often easier said than done, but in my 30, almost 31 years on this earth, I have had countless anxiety attacks that have varied in intensity, but the common thread is that they all do in fact eventually pass. I often use the gross yet apt metaphor of how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, of course. And that was taught to me by my dad. Hell, I think it's come up several times on this show, but again, it applies here. In my most anxious moments, I will remind myself that I can do this, that I can get through this, even if it's, metaphorically speaking, one bite at a time. Perhaps this is a long-winded way of saying I use positive affirmations to win out the fight against my brain. And again, I want to reiterate that breathing is important. What I mean by that is, for me, as I've said, it, anxiety manifests as a feeling of weight on my chest. So going through some breathing exercises and really focusing on my breathing almost reminds my body that there isn't a literal weight on your chest and it's okay. And eventually logic takes over and it lightens the load. Not to diminish the work I do here, but I'd like to remind you once again, I'm not an expert. I'm just an anxious podcast host. So here's what people much smarter than myself suggest for ways to help you cope with your anxiety. According to the organization Anxiety Canada, there are a number of things that you can do to help yourself. This includes a variety of breathing exercises, including slow breathing, where one quite literally slows their breath to remind their brain that there is no need for the fight-or-flight hormone to be active and allows your brain to register that it is okay and that there's nothing to be on edge or uneasy about. Another thing, uh, another breathing exercise rather, is imagery breathing, where you visualize the act of, let's say, blowing on some soup to cool it down, Again, the idea being that you're focusing your attention on easing the mind and reminding it that everything is fine. And, and frankly, eating soup on a nice, cool fall afternoon is super re relaxing for myself. So I definitely get the, the metaphor that they've used here. Another activity that you can do is what's called a body scan, where you shift attention to different parts of your body, taking note of the sensations and the feelings without labeling these feelings as good or bad just acknowledging their existence. Finally, they suggest something called the 5-4-3-2-1 grounding activity, where you reorient your mind and move away from the anxious feeling by asking, for example, five things you can touch or feel around you, four things you can hear, three things that you can smell, two things that are the color blue, and one thing that has multiple uses. Please keep in mind that those were just the examples I came up with. This grounding activity works whatever example you want to use when counting down. The idea is to distract your brain and, and focus its attention onto something tangible like, for instance, five things around you that you can touch and so on and so forth. Well, as promised, we're going to close with some positivity. If you've tuned in to my show and listened last week, you heard me and my wonderful guest, the lovely and talented Laura Johnson, talk about how the fact that her students fear public speaking. She alluded to the fact that it makes them anxious and they haven't quite 
learned the coping skills due to learning through Zoom and not having that uh, that level of interaction with other people, the, the need to be in front of people and speaking publicly. And yes, I realized that first, that was a run-on sentence, and B, that's not very positive. But here's the positive part. I think that although it's kind of a bad thing that our youth are reaching a point that they're being crippled with fear over the idea of talking to a crowd— I think that it's a positive that we as a society have reached a point that situations like this lead to conversation. Looking back on my own schooling, it was pretty uncommon for teachers to dig into the why. They would paint us with lazy or they just don't want to do the assignment and so on and so forth, and they would move on. But the great thing here is that the teachers are digging into the why, are helping children develop these coping skills. As I've said, I deal with feelings of being less than my peers, and, and that's something I still battle to this day. It, it didn't disappear as I got older. I also don't like being put on the spot, and I don't like being ridiculed for not wanting to do something, which I find kind of heartbreaking. But all that to say, at least future generations are being met with compassion, and I think that with the right guidance, the next generation will no longer be labeled soft in the public eye, but rather they have the real strength, the kind of strength it takes to speak up. Another positive is that dealing with anxiety on a daily basis has given me the gratitude for those in my life and anyone that also suffers with anxiety in my circle. We, we can now talk with one another as opposed to sitting and suffering in silence and just waiting for it to pass. Whatever level of anxiety you have, I think it is important to remember that you are not alone, nor do you deserve to suffer alone. Please talk about it. Even if it's not part of how you cope, I think that the idea of getting it out there and talking about it is a good thing. Someone somewhere might have an idea that could help you personally cope, and they won't be able to help you if they don't know you're suffering, so talk about it. Well, that's about all the time I have for you today, folks, but until next time, you are loved. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on The Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, music director at 105.9 The Region. This episode, I'm speaking with Cindy Kaufman from the pop group Girl Power about their latest release, Slam. But first, Rob Carley, the co-founder of the Awesome Music Project, will be joining me to chat about an online auction they launched to raise funds to help bring music-focused mental wellness programs to communities across Canada. 1059 The Region, York Region's only local radio station. Listen live on any smart speaker for the stories that matter to you and music from the 80s, 90s, and now. The music is great. At home, in the car, or on any device. 1059 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region podcast. The Awesome Music Project is a Canadian charity dedicated to raising awareness and supporting research into music's transformative impact on mental wellness and mental health. On October 10th, which was World Mental Health Day, it launched its very first awesome online music auction. The auction will be running until October 31st. To learn more about it, Awesome Music Project's co-founder, Rob Carley, joins me. Hi, Rob. Hi, Christina. Thanks for having me. The Awesome Music Project was founded by you and Terry Stewart. 
Terry is a senior partner within the finance industry, and you are an award-winning Canadian film and television composer. How did you both come together to start the charity? Yeah, it started in 2019. Uh, just prior to that, Terry had uh, been asking me about music because he knew I was a musician and asking me about, you know, is it possible that we make a playlist uh, of great happy songs and then uh, you know, share that playlist and everyone will be happier. And I um, <laughs> suggested to him that it wasn't quite that simple. Obviously, different tastes in music and music means different things to different people. Um, but he collected a few stories anyway. I went and asked some of his friends and colleagues for, you know, some anecdotes about music in their lives. And next thing you know, we had the seeds for a book called The Awesome Music Project, Songs of Hope and Happiness. And it's really like a playlist of 111 songs collected from Canadians from coast to coast. And, you know, some of them well-known, like Sam McLaughlin or Rick Mercer or Chris Hatfield, all contributed stories about the healing power of music. And so that's how we started. Um, in fact, we launched our book on World Mental Health Day, October the 10th in 2019. And it became a bestseller, and it's still available in stores. And it was our initial way of raising funds for research and programs around music and mental health initiatives. Why music when it comes to mental health and wellness? That's a great question. Um, originally, it was Terry observing in his own life people who were either struggling themselves or loved ones were having uh, difficulties or mental health challenges. And he thought to himself, well, you know, typically you are going to uh, go see your doctor or you might see a therapist or get prescriptions to deal with some of our uh, our challenges mentally. And he thought to himself, you know, maybe there's other ways of doing this and things like music therapy or just music in general. He knew that it often can change your mood and change the way you feel. And so he wanted to discover further how we could harness that power, which led us down to the University of Toronto and to um, the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health where we teamed up with some researchers and they were doing some experiments around the uh, effectiveness of music therapy and trying to show just, you know, further how much of an impact that can make on your mental health and well-being. So that's where we started. And uh, yeah, I think music for me personally, it's obviously a, a big part of my life as a film composer, as you mentioned. But I think for everyone, you know, everyone has some relationship with music. It's really one of the most sort of ancient rituals of being a human is to have things like dance or or music in our lives and exploring those sort of deep connections i think is really important and can be very cathartic and it can help us and so that's how we started with just having these conversations about the power of music and the healing power of music and it's really grown into uh, a national charity called the awesome music project the Awesome Music Project Canada Songs of Hope and Happiness book, which you were mentioning, is uh, one of the items up for auction. A lot of sought-after items and experiences are up for bid. Some include a 15-minute Zoom call with astronaut Chris Hadfield, an autographed Rush poster, and a tour of the Murdoch Mysteries TV set. How does the auction work? So if you go to our website, theawesomemusicproject.com, and you can click on the Oxygen Music online auction, you will uh, be led to a page where you can discover, you know, um, it's like a lot of silent auctions, so you can discover all the different prizes, and many of the prizes just mentioned. There's some wonderful trips, uh, Calgary Folk Festival, tickets to see Sarah McLaughlin, different experiences, all related to music online. And uh, you can check out the list, and then you, you place a bid based on, uh, you know, what you think the prize might be worth to you. And it's just like, uh, it's like bidding something on eBay or any other kind of online auction. And 
the funds that we raise will be going toward different programs that we sponsor. In fact, specifically two programs. One's called the Austin Music Hour, which is an initiative we started in Wellington County with various youth hubs. And it's like an hour of music programming for youth. And we're also doing something called the Amp for Life Book Club, which is a program we started during the pandemic, uh, helping long-term care facilities. And uh, we want to continue to run those programs. And so that's where we're raising the funds. TheAwesomeMusicProject.com to learn more about its work, book, and the auction, which is open until October 31st to help support the expansion of AMP programs, which you we were mentioning, to communities across Canada. Rob Carley, co-founder of The Awesome Music Project, thank you for taking the time. Thanks very much, Christina. Have a great day. York Region Radio. York Region Music. Listen local. Listen local. 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on The Region podcast. Girl Power has been inspiring audiences and motivating young people since coming on the scene in 2017. The Juno-nominated pop group includes Emma from Hamilton, Cindy from Richmond Hill, and Karina from Markham. The girls have a new single out called Slam. Sydney Kaufman from Girl Power joins me now. Hi, Cindy. Thank you for having me. Girl Power's latest release is called Slam. What was the inspiration behind it? Slam is all about sticking up for yourself when someone has been a bad friend to you. So when we were writing the song, we had the beat beforehand, and the track itself gave off a very strong energy. And that's the kind of person who is strong enough to leave toxic friendships and just does what's best for themselves. When writing songs, where does the group draw inspiration from? Is it personal or through friends? So first we work with our producer to make the beat. So the music comes first. And then after we listen to the music, we come up with the lyrics together as a group. And we kind of draw from personal connections. We also draw from like the beat itself and the kind of vibe that it's giving off. Slam is a track off of your album, Galaxy. Did you want to tell us about the album? Sure. So we just released our album. It has six songs in it, and all of the songs are all inspirational and empowering. And so we have songs like So New, which is about starting a new chapter in your life. And then we have some fun ones like Let's Go Dancing, which is just about grooving to the music. And then we have some more meaningful ones like Slam, which is about toxic friendships and just being strong and standing up for yourself. Galaxy is Girl Power's second album. Did you find the creative process to be different from the first album? So, honestly, I think they were kind of quite similar. Although, for Galaxy, it's like our music, our tracks, they give us a different type of beat. It's more funky. While the other ones from our previous album, it was called This Is Us. They were also um, very new, but they were kind of an old style. And I think we're heading more to like a funky type of beat. Girl Power's mission is to inspire young people and support social causes with their music. And each member has a cause they support. Did you want to tell listeners more about that? Sure, yeah. So each member of the group has a social cause. So we have things like food for kids, homelessness, mental health. And mine personally is MedLife Charity. So I was actually supposed to do um, a trip to Peru, like a volunteer service trip, but it got canceled because of COVID, but I was able to do it virtually. And it was just full of different workshops and like helping food banks. And I also volunteer with my school and I support the Richmond Hill Local Food Bank. And yeah. 
Slam is the latest release from Girl Power. Cindy, what's the best way to get a copy of the new track and learn more about future releases from Girl Power? So our track and all our music is out on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, all streaming platforms. And if you want to know about our future releases and keep like be updated with our future events, we have our Instagram, girl underscore pow underscore R. Thank you, Cindy. Do you want to introduce your song to our listeners? Hi, I'm Cindy from Girl Power, and this is our song, Slam, on 105.9 The Region. New music. New music on 105.9 The Region. Worth it. 
Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.